1: Hey, it's Thursday, and you know what that means? That means that I'm blurry for some reason. But it's also that also means that it's time to ignite the dynamite. Two days after the dynamite, uh, I'll fix this in a second. But welcome to day after dynamite. I'm Will Washington, and I'm not alone here. I'm, I'm also joined by managing editor Fightful.com. He opened the thing now. That's right. He also owns, <laughs> and I mean. He's all the things you do for Fightful, uh, Fightful Select, News Dude Breaker guy. Sean Rossap is here. He was also present at Dynamite this past week. He's <laughs> the last week, two too. weeks. And Rampage. What, yeah. what are you doing here? You just... yeah, I you worked, myself into, <laughs> I worked yeah. myself into a shoot, Will. I worked
0: myself into a shoot, Will. Any excuse to go to Toronto, I take. So I'm like, there's my excuse. Then they said, and we're coming to Cincinnati the next week. And I said, well, heck...
1: That's right. Well, you were at both Cincinnati shows, AEW's done. You were there last year as well. Last year had bigger attendance for a smaller building. Yeah. Uh, I'm curious, though, because you had remarked on kind of like the structure, the parking situation, all of that stuff. How did it compare this year in terms of a setup?
0: So setup, I mean, Heritage Bank Arena, the former U.S. Bank Arena, some people might remember that as the venue that WWE caught on fire at RAW 1001. Uh, but like, uh, that was a WWE arena for a very, very long time. Like I was shocked when they got it, but Moxley told me personally, that's the venue he wanted to run. That's the one that he wanted. I remember him tagging
1: heritage bank arena when, uh, like early AEW days, like 2019, yes. he was like, let's run Cincinnati heritage bank. Let's do this. And I thought, and I even remember saying at the time,
0: you guys are running fifth third, you know that, right? Like this, yeah. that's how this is happening. And but, uh, I had even mentioned, oh, you can go across the river. And he's like, we're not going across the river. Like he was not, <laughs> he did not want to run this in Kentucky. For those that haven't been to Cincinnati, you can't fly to Cincinnati without going into Kentucky. The airport's in Kentucky. So um, like the, Northern Kentucky is like ingrained in that right now. But if you're at a Bengals game or you're at a Reds game, the parking is a nightmare because stadium, stadium, venue right there all three right next to one another with one road between that and the river so they got four bridges but you got to go on ramps off ramps everything just to get there so it's a nightmare it wasn't like that for aew and even if they had packed the house it wasn't going to be like that everything was on sort of that east end of of the that strip so it was very very easy you can walk straight to the parking garage from heritage bank arena that was smooth i was surprised to see empty seats there much less big pockets of it but they did really upgrade from venue to venue it was on a different night um you know a little bit chillier of a night so to speak but all, all things being said i thought the attendance was pretty good the the crowd was was hot i i thought it was a an all-timer until the unfortunate finish Yeah, uh, and we're going to
1: talk about all of that. But before we do, make sure that you're sending in and donating a super chat. You can do those on our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Fightful, if that's where you're watching. We also have Humper Chats, humperchats.com. It's a great way to support what we do. Uh, Again, that's humperchats.com. You could send those at any point. Like, for example, we got a Humper Chat yesterday that we'll read. uh, And that's mainly because uh, I think a lot of people thought as you reasonably should have, that Day After Dynamite would still occur Day After Dynamite. But still doing it here on Thursday. It's still the most convenient time. We still have a schedule here at Fightful. And although things can shift from time to time, Day After Dynamite, gonna be here on your Thursdays. This is what I do. That's pretty much it.
0: And also, before we get into that, I want to send love and condolences to the family of Kevin Nash, his son, Tristan Nash, uh, unfortunately passed away tragically this week at the age of 26. Uh, they, they issued a statement to me to, to put out on behalf of the family and they, they just want people to respect their privacy during that time. Uh, Tristan had started to work with Kevin Nash's podcast a lot lately, but sending our loved, our love to that family. It's um, very tragic.
1: Yeah, very. I, I couldn't believe that when I saw it, I, um, that, Just broke my heart to see that. And I I feel for Kevin and his entire family. Um, And also shout out to the AW family because they also lost a member of their family this uh, week where they lost uh, their lead video engineer, Brian Muster. Um, He also passed away. And uh, there's a GoFundMe for his family. Um, We posted about that at Fightful.com where all the details are.
0: So So Doing very well, very generous. I saw Tony uh, donated like over $10,000 to that as well, which has become a regular thing. And, um, in a uh, $15,000 actually I just saw was, mm-hmm. was donated by Tony Khan, but you know, it's, it's unfortunate. Oh no, I'm sorry. Tony Khan made a donation of 10 and 15,000. My God. And Jericho with another 10,000. And I know those people don't want, uh, patted on the back and things like that, but, um, there there were there's a lot of generosity in wrestling when somebody like this passes we saw it with sarah lee and we're seeing it with brian muster and uh it it highlights how how important these people are and how generous that community is not just of of the fans but the wrestlers themselves and uh, i want to say that's that's really admirable that they do that i can tell you that um, there was a top act in aew that donated to uh, one of my close friends Uh, GoFundMe that had been kind of stagnant for a while, and they found out, and they just, bam, hit the goal. And, uh, you know, if one of those generous people were to ban Jeremy Lambert from everything, that would be even better.
2: A lot better, yeah. Well, Washington! (laughs) Hey, Jeremy Lambert, how's it going? Move me. Why am I not in the right spot? There we go. There we go. go. I'm in the middle, Sean. Your
0: Halloween mask should just be this podcast frame <laughs> right there, and, and, oh, and that's, good. that's Thursday Jeremy <laughs> rated 62 overall. <laughs>
2: Am I not good on Thursdays? I feel like usually I got a much better rating Thursday. I'm just uh, dragon. Uh, nah, nah, your awareness rating is at a two. You know, you well, you know why I'm very aware today, tonight. New Taylor Swift albums tonight, Sean Ross. Sapp. You know. You know when a new Taylor Swift album drops we, that Friday, I'm I'm just completely locked in, zoned in, working are like. Are we it's getting crack. overbooked content from this? From the Taylor Swift? Sure. I mean, why not?
1: I mean, anything. did you already pre-write your 10 out of 10 review? <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, I always gotta pre write it. Yeah, I'll I'll do something with uh with overbooked with Taylor Swift. We'll figure it all out. How uh, good I would good this point. show
0: be if Mariah Carey and Taylor Swift had a beef? Oh Man. I watched <laughs> I watched Skip and Shannon for the first time in a long time a couple days ago, and Shannon just yells everything. That's what I want with you two, <laughs>
1: with this.
0: <laughs> See, the fun thing
1: is, Mariah's beefs are all with kind of... I won't say easy targets, right? Because, like... Eminem killed her. I mean... Sales-wise, I think
2: her song did a whole lot better. So uh, that <laughs> just completely murdered her, though. Just, just completely. completely
1: Who even completely remembers that her. song though? I we're do. Whereas Whereas obses- obsessed, obsessed still has life. That even had a second <laughs> resurgence on TikTok. Uh, as a matter of fact, it was off of the album right here. Uh, oh Memoirs of an Imperfect Angel. There we go. <laughs>
2: you got <it> in plastic. <laughs> oh yeah. Are uh, you kidding? <laughs> we, even... we opened it.
1: No, I have every Mariah Carey album still wrapped in plastic. Will, right Will, in is, like,
0: Will is like when all people would come to TRL and they'd be like, buy three copies, one for the car, one for the crib, one to keep in plastic. You
1: used to have to do that, right? <laughs> one for the CD book, all of that. But see, because what Mariah's beef, she's got beef with J-Lo, right? Um, so like the hardest Mariah beef that she has is with Nicki Minaj, right? Because you, you can't mention Nicki Minaj negatively on Twitter without her fans swarming you and so um that's a tough one that's one where like obviously I take Mariah's side and all of that I take Mariah's side and all of her beefs even though I do kind of feel like Eminem was telling the truth but that said we don't <laughs> wow. kiss tell. Wow, what, a but- <laughs> turn. what a
2: turn right there look
1: I don't think he's lying I
2: just think that eh well I put it out there uh so <laughs> he dry humped her and and came on her ass but that was a line in one of the songs i know that's and the funny lyrics? thing is
1: i know and it's almost <laughs> so self-deprecating that i think that like why would you put that out there unless you <laughs> were telling the truth
2: eminem doesn't care. He doesn't give a shit. Back
0: in my day, diss tracks were just Nelly Furtado talking about her own abs and being on the covers of magazines and stuff. Like that's those are the diss tracks that I miss. Nobody does diss about, tracks anymore. They just tweet.
2: They just I I don't other.
0: want to hear about Eminem pulling the old. Nyeh. I don't want to hear that.
2: I know, that was the story, though. That was all of that. Yeah, apparently this is new news to everybody. I mean, huge, huge Eminem. No, it
1: was one of those, it was, guys, it was one of those things. You had to be there, 2009. It was, (laughs) Mariah was basically just like Eminem had said in a radio interview, he talked about his relationship with her. Mariah then made the song Obsessed, basically saying, I never did anything with Eminem, and he's nobody to me, all of this stuff. That's who the song Obsessed is about. And then he came back with a diss track that included voice messages that had her yep. voice on them. Um, and uh, he, he basically he opens the track with saying, you know, I was going to let this go. <laughs> 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 he said, I was going to let this go until you denied seeing me. So now here it goes. I'm going to lay it all out there. So
0: this it's... Sh- uh, this show is two days tough. after Dynamite. This is two decades after Discharge.
2: Yes. <laughs> All right. Well, can Cool Jake and suck it. Yeah. <laughs> that was a good beef. That was a good
1: beef. that I mean, that's that beef is so odd just because. But who of the came?
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> who it was among them? First. Yeah. I mean Nas was shitting across bellies, so okay, he was discharging in a different way.
1: Yeah. Oh. All right. Jeremy, thank
2: you for stopping by for feel, your look. I feel like I accomplished look. my purpose here of letting the All world worries. know that Eminem dry humped Mariah. So there you <laughs> go, everybody. Bye, everyone. Still
1: love Mariah. She's still the GOAT and... Uh... E equals MC squared. Come on. We got them all. Was uh, I at Dynamite this week? Because so much has just
0: happened in the last 12 minutes.
1: I know, right? <laughs> um, But I did want to read. Uh, first, this Humper Chat came in yesterday. This, this one's, one's from, from Laws. Marshall
0: Mathers. <laughs> <laughs> this, this one's dry, from Laws, it says. This dry Humper Chat. <laughs> for dad
1: it says hi will you spoke about there being plans on grap city uh, for hobbs on grap city i was wondering with stark's mia from tv again do you know if there are imminent plans for him maybe at full gear i'm worried tk doesn't see ricky as a potential main eventer um i don't know stark's plans at all um but yeah the As far as I know, like I said, I I know there are long-term plans for Hobbs. Um, As far as Starks is concerned, uh, I don't know why he hasn't been at TV, or at least on TV. Um, He's been at at TV. Yeah, I was going to say, I think he's been at TV,
0: but on TV, no clue. uh, One of my favorite Ricky Starks stories is somebody hit me up, and they're like, Hey, I know this is random, but Ricky Starks just tried to pay for somebody's coffee in front of him when he didn't have his card, but the guy ran out. So I reached out to Ricky and I was like, Hey, I just want your confirmation on this story that you tried to pay for somebody's coffee. And he's like, how do you know that? (laughs) (laughs) He's like, it happened so fast. How would you know this? Like the things that people drop in and tell me, I knew that Ricky Morton was going in the hall of fame, but I didn't believe it. Somebody was like, man, he's at this supermarket and he won't shut up about it. (laughs) like he just keeps talking
1: about it i mean that's honestly that's that's honestly how stuff can can get out i remember dating myself here but i remember back in 05 um during the 2005 wwe draft lottery uh and the way the draft pick of randy orton going to smackdown actually because back then they were doing weekly draft picks right where it was uh John yes. Cena, basically, you know, John Cena was first, and then Kurt Angle, uh, Chris Benoit. Like, it was it was episode by episode, which was a really fun month, and I would love to see that happen again. But I remember at the time, uh, a hotel employee was just like, I just overheard Randy Orton on the phone complaining that he got drafted to SmackDown and that he's not on Raw anymore, and ended up sending that off. And that's all it took for everybody to find out. Well, Orton's on SmackDown now, and that was out there before... <laughs> He that was like one of the only leaked picks was Randy Orton. And it was via somebody who just happened to overhear was, Orton on a phone. He was on
0: the phone, he said super kick, smackdown, blue sweater. <laughs> <laughs> and then he shows up there. I remember that draft, and I'm with you. I loved it because at the time they did the brand exclusive pay-per-views mm-hmm. and they they used that to have an excuse to specifically load up, I think it was Vengeance. Yeah, Vengeance. And the they were like, oh, well, some of these guys are going to be gone, but it doesn't matter because we already booked them for the show. And I remember that was like a strangely like loaded show because I remember they had the – I think it was Triple Threat. Was it Cena, Jericho, Christian maybe? Yes, uh-huh, for go. the WWE title, and then Hell in a Cell, Batista, and Hunter.
1: So, yeah, that was uh, two title matches at the time, and that was actually – I started podcasting that month. My first podcast was June 18th, and I uh, covered Kurt Angle being drafted to Raw. So have been doing this a long time. So I remember all of that stuff. Anyway, uh, let's see. There was another super chat I wanted to make sure I got. Um, this one is from Hannah. It says, happy almost birthday, Will. Um, nice. Yeah, would... I guess between now and the next show, uh, oh, yeah. would I would have my birthday come up. Uh, so thank you.
0: Looks uh, great birthday. for 50.
1: It is 35 coming up, so it is still a a milestone birthday, and it is still like, where the hell did the time go? Um, Orion Ben says, putting Cal California on the spot, Emmy, MJF, or Sammy? Um, Either one of them were to get an Emmy for the stuff they're doing right now. It'd be MJF just because his tends to fall on. Um, more serious lines, but I think Sammy is doing excellent stuff. Don't do not get me wrong. Uh, Sa- between-
0: Bloodline, mess might win Best Ensemble Cast. Uh, yes, they're doing <laughs> best great. Ensemble Cast. I don't uh, think you can underscore what's like what Solo Sokoa added because him beating the crap out of Ricochet added so much legitimacy to what Sammy Zayn is doing now. Because they were giggling, we were giggling, and then Solo just completely almost like paralyzed everybody. And it's like, oh, no, he is a part of the family now, and they see it that way. Yeah, it's great it. stuff. Uh, I'm a big fan of everything
1: that they're doing. And uh, honestly, like, I feel like Roman's facial expressions do all of it. Uh, he's also been phenomenal. But honestly, if I had to give an Emmy to one of those two choices, it's MJF. Uh, Van Twinblade says, just
0: announced Glory Pro is now a part of Fight. That's really cool, actually. I'm uh, shocked that would come from Van Twinblade. I have never seen anything to indicate <laughs> that he likes Glory Pro at all.
1: Uh, and we'll we'll get to a couple more of the Humper chats, but I want to talk about uh, this show and just some of the things that came out of it. the The show, of course, was on a Tuesday night. Um, I had reached out to AEW about any concerns. Uh, regarding the uh, the the baseball game right beforehand. Um, I did not get any concerns back. All I got was, huh, it'll be a great lead-in. And sure enough, it was almost not the best case scenario. I think the best case scenario would have been had it gone just slightly longer. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> instead, they got maybe second best case scenario, which was, ah, game ended early. There was no delay for the game. There was no worry. Um, I think had it gone, like, uh, my brain was thinking, cause we've seen 18 inning games this season last week, last week, like what could happen if this goes 18 innings? Are you guys just going to sit there and tell the fans, don't worry, we'll get you there. Eventually. You're going to make fans watch the baseball game on the Tron. You're going to tape, run it on a tape delay. I had all of these questions, got zero answers on all of, all of it. And none of it mattered. Cause The show just got to start on time, and the show did start on time. It kicked off with a trios tag match that saw the uh, best friends and Orange Cassidy. Orange Cassidy coming out with the belt on his shoulder um, in his backpack. That's a cool look. We saw that on Dark, but if you don't watch Dark, and most people don't, uh, then you didn't see this yet, but it was a cool, cool visual. Orange Cassidy pulls the belt out of his bag, and they challenged Death Triangle, the reigning and defending AEW trios champions. It was mentioned on commentary for the first time in a long time that these guys were referenced. But all of a sudden, we hear that Death Triangle won these belts from the elite who (sighs) never lost them. And I feel like, call me crazy. That felt
0: like a very intentional line. It was the most movement over... Okay, so how do do I put this? Over the last month, maybe five weeks, really since the talent meeting, Jericho, Moxley, Danielson. I mean, you guys, if you subscribe to Fightful Select, $5 a month, you guys know how fast and furious it was. Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday... Like, or whenever it was, it was Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and maybe even Thursday. But really since then, like the wrestlers were sick of talking about it. Uh, Executives weren't talking about it. The talent themselves couldn't talk about it. I mean, the way that somebody said it to me is um, you have to get information and I have to not get subpoenaed. And uh, that's a a line that I I reiterated to somebody else. Like, nobody wants to be a witness in this. Nobody wants to be tied up in this, but there was nothing said for so long. And then all of a sudden it's, oh, here's the elite that here, here's mentioning the elite. The young bucks are back in this commercial. Punk is in an ROH montage, by the way, Ace steel you're out of here. And yeah. then I've got people behind the scenes saying, oh, well, whenever they come back, whenever that might be. And I'm like, all right, none of this stuff was being said 24 hours ago
1: yeah so it, it definitely feels like we might be inching towards something i feel like uh,
0: this show is sponsored by better help if you had an extra hour in your day what is the first thing that you would do read a book take a nap play some video games do something for a friend volunteer a lot of us spend our lives wishing that we had more time but Visit BetterHelp.com slash Fightful today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, dot slash Fightful. It's so flexible and it can help you find that social sweet spot with BetterHelp. That's BetterHelp.com slash Fightful.
3: What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket?
1: Putting it out there that Death Triangle did not beat the previous champions, it feels like a really intentional move of making sure that the fans are aware of that. And usually making the fans aware of that, to me, would signal that you want to rectify that by, I don't know, having them face the previous champions. Yes. So, um, I don't know. I feel like there's something at play here. Yeah, you mentioned the ROH montage. The show opened up uh, with... The opening graphics and we got first off an animated versus graphic i thought that looked really good for uh hangman and mox but then we also saw the ring of honor championship graphic and they went through a montage of ring of honor champions including guys never appeared on aw television they showed kevin steen they showed uh tyler black they sh- and and the one that caught everybody's eye was the, the two that caught everybody's eye we see cm punk and we see cody um yeah. and those were two well, and, and they mentioned Cody multiple times because they mentioned who Dalton Castle beat for the title. Yeah. Um, he was mentioned on commentary. They did drop Cody's name there. Uh, but yeah, it was not quite what anybody, I think, was expecting. But I liked to just presentationally, I love the way that the show tried to fill in its viewers. And I don't know if this was a move based around, well, we might have this lead-in from... Uh, The baseball game so let's make sure that viewers are informed because showing the video package or like the the video graphics they had done for let's say the versus graphic for Moxley versus Hangman and each time they showed it they were showing kind of different background on Hangman and Moxley they showed Hangman's title wins little things around those lines when they showed uh, during Death Triangle's entrance they made sure to give us a really quick video recap of everything that Death Triangle has been through with Beth, Best Friends. Uh, they showed us, again, I think, the montage of the Ring of Honor title, trying to show how prestigious it was. Because, again, they're showing us people that you would be aware of. Um, th- some of those guys, maybe not. I don't think the average fan knows Nigel McGinnis that way. But we still got a graphic of Nigel McGinnis because he's a very monumental and prolific Ring of Honor champion. Still, I thought this was good stuff. I think this was just a great different way to present the show. And the opening match was good. It seemed like the crowd was way into it. The crowd was kind of mostly into everything.
0: Uh, Good crowd that night. Which, I mean, Cincinnati was a good crowd last time, too. But, I mean, they brought a loaded show. And the one person that I wondered about was Dalton Castle. And they loved him.
1: They loved Dalton Castle. That was crazy. Uh, I thought the opening match was just a fun barn burner. We've seen these teams go at it before. But I appreciated them doing something different. And that's really what it's felt like every single time we've seen Orange Cassidy tie it up with Pac. They've rarely ever repeated anything they had done previously. And the stuff they've done previously is some of their most noteworthy stuff. And so it's very easy to repeat it if you need to. But I like that they don't. I like that they just continue to play on the hatred of them. I thought Best Friends could actually walk away here. Not sure why I thought that. But at the end of the day, Death Triangle retains. And now I do think, like, looking at the trio's landscape, you don't really have any. So, like, you have to go with the (laughs) Elite versus Death Triangle at some point. And, yeah, they also showcased, as the chat's bringing up, some friction in Death Triangle because uh, playing up on the fact that Ray Phoenix enters from the babyface tunnel and you have Penta who enters from the center and Pack who enters from the heel tunnel. Pack continues to try and use underhanded tactics that is not something that Ray Phoenix is okay with and uh Pack even tried to cheat. Penta was like, "No, not doing that." And at the end of the match, Death Triangle still walked away with the victory. God, I just want best friends to get it damn win uh when is it gonna happen but uh, well i
0: mean orange chastity was winless in his eight title attempts before he won the all-atlantic title and now you know right back to doing it but as you mentioned like there just aren't that many trios now which is funny because when they had brought in those titles it was so overwhelming like maybe six seven months ago that you had to but now there is no undisputed era they're gone the elite are sidelined Blackpool Combat Club, one of them has the World Championship, which you can always kind of alter that. The Gun Club doesn't exist, but you could always do the Acclaimed and Billy Gunn. I think that's a great trios in yeah. the future. But they've got the tag titles. Well, the Dark Order is like a shell of them former, their former selves. They're dropping members like every two months now. Uh, Pinnacle, like we don't know if that's a thing that will continue to be. Maybe FTR and Spears or something. But they've got three sets of titles. It looked for a little bit. Like Sanjay might join Satnam and Jay Lethal, but that ended up being like a one-off type of thing. Um, the Wingmen and the Trustbusters haven't been consistent on like Dynamite or anything like that. So, I mean, they're really struggling. House of Black being the biggest one missing. Yeah. That's House of Black is done for a while. Like you look at it and I'm like, all right, you got the Wingmen, the Trustbusters, maybe a version of Pinnacle. You have uh jericho appreciation society but they're not involved with this the firm but apparently they're doing their own things when they're not together the factory who aren't consistently on tv the elite are gone death triangle dark order blackpool combat club best friends the acclaimed and daddy ass but like half of them are involved in other titles
1: oddly enough wwe is who's looking like they've got the makings for trios division and meanwhile aw who for years people were Saying we want to see a trio's division and now, like you broke up Jurassic Express. Like, there's so many trios from that time period that you had that you no longer do, and, and uh, yeah, it's a shame. But again, I'm interested in where it's all going. Um, we got women's title match, women's match happening a little, a little bit earlier. Robo Will, uh, oh
0: no, it's happening. Damn it, two seconds. <laughs> Enjoy, Sean. I got gotcha. you, I got gotcha. you, but. Oh, my gosh, I'm all the way over here. But, uh, yeah, when you look at, at the, the WWE's trios and it's like, well, okay, if New Day pops back up on the horizon, you can also have, like, adding a third to Los Lotharios would even be fun. What's up, Will? There we go. There just we go. Ref-
1: I just have to refresh when it happens. But, uh, so, thank you, chat, for in- informing me about that. You know, the worst thing about that, you know, I, I mentioned that I recorded a a pilot of a podcast um and everybody knows about that the hard thing about that is when I don't have the chat to inform me that that's happening and I don't tell my guest that that means that it's recording that way then turns out I lose valuable podcasting (laughs) that's been recorded so that's that's what happened to that no I don't have 90 tabs open actually I have (laughs) zero tabs open but thank you chat uh (laughs) don't know what causes that however talking about a uh, women's match happening a little bit earlier in the show, which should have been an indicator as to what was going to go down. Because I remember last year, Riho had a comeback match and normally AEW had been at this point for like eight straight months of, uh, what is it? The seven thirty time slot. We yeah. knew um, when the women were going to go on, or I guess it's nine thirty Eastern, but it's nine 30 time slot. We know that's when women go on, but Riho came back. Uh, she had that incredible match with Serena Deep, and it was the second match on the show that night. This should have been my indicator that the Riho bump was going to come through. But anyway, we all know my favorite, Karushita, took on Tony Storm. Tony Storm has been on a run. As I mentioned, she has had eight straight matches uh on dynamite which has never happened in the women's division it's barely happened in the men's division there's been really a handful of wrestlers who have competed eight straight weeks on television barely ever happens but Tony Storm uh going back before her title win she has been on TV every single week they have been booking her very consistently title matches, tag matches, whatever we have seen Tony Storm on TV. She has really gotten an opportunity to get over as a babyface in a way that nobody else really has. Tony Storm and Akaroshita though went out there and killed it. I thought I thought this was uh just a really really solid title match and um I've always said everybody has their best matches with Akabayashi. Uh is that true of Tony Storm here? I don't know. But this was definitely really good.
0: And I was I was pleased that the crowd, you know, a relatively hometown crowd for me and the people that I know, uh, were into this. And not only were they into this, they ate up the cheap Britt Baker heat. Not, not only did she come out wearing a Steelers jersey, but they bought on the heat when the Steelers absolutely suck. And she was wearing the underperforming running backs jersey. <laughs> on top of that, Najee Harris, who's been killing me in fantasy this year, she's wearing his jersey. And they ate it up. But it, then I was like, okay. I was shocked that Riho got that pop. The crowd knew Riho. They knew she mm-hmm. was coming out. And then she hit that big body press. And the, the place melted. I love that. That's the type of, type of reaction you want uh, want the women to get as well. I, I thought this was a lot of fun. I thought the match was good. Then you wait until the post-match to do all the other stuff, which I thought uh, worked mm-hmm. really well.
1: Yeah, and I, they were very much in The uh, during the the punches. It felt very boo yay, and the boos being more in Tony's favor. I think there's uh, I I always say there's one thing you can count on from AEW fans, and that is that when given the option of their homegrown option versus anybody else, they'll always take the homegrown one. And yeah. I think Sheeta to them feels more like you know she's she's our person. That that's, sure you know we always cite. Um, Ruby Soho versus uh, um, Chris Statlander and how I don't think they fully anticipated the crowd completely turning on Ruby but when AEW fans are faced with their homer they'll always take their homer Um, yeah so there were great reactions kind of all around here I felt like I think Soraya I get why they did it initially because it gave kind of a delayed pop but at this point I think it would help because her music's not quite recognizable yet to open the Tron with her name to get that initial pop because I felt like the fans were waiting like, who is this? This kind of sounds familiar. Oh, yeah, that's Soraya's music. And then it hit and she brawled with Brit. Uh, It really does feel like multiple things are happening in the women's division, even though it's still one match. We know that Brit's probably going to go off feud with Soraya. We know that uh, we got um Riho and Jamie Hader having interactions and we know that's heading off in the next week we don't know who Toni is going to defend the title against next and there's still the looming possibility because they constantly remind us that she's the interim champion there's things going on in the women's division it, this was good stuff this was a uh I thought just a great match and then the post-match all worked out and everybody's into it
0: yeah I thought that this this ended up being a win all around because you got several people involved in this jamie Hader's gonna be over no matter what brit's always gonna make sure that she's over we we still don't know what we're working with with soraya and all that but then Riho got that type of reaction i thought this this helped everybody involved yes thought it was great stuff uh and there was backstage stuff
1: renee interviewed ftr and they were interviewed or they were interrupted by swerve and our glory and uh, challenged to a tag match for next week. I think that's gonna be awesome. Uh, I think that there's just gonna be, there's cool stuff that's gonna come out of all of that. And, um, you know, it was brought up, FTR have been number one contenders for a really long time. They brought up the tag team titles. Uh, It's almost like they know what people wanna hear on that. Um, Should the results of it should all be fun and interesting. Uh, and they, they've the, got a
0: they've got a miracle on the horizon will oh. and Mike Bennett. but you know what If you want a miracle on your bedspread, I got the answer for you. Take it from the dirt sheet boy himself. You don't want dirty sheets on your bed. That's not what we do around here because we have miracle. specifically try slash fightful. Get 40% off and three free towels. You don't want to wake up sweaty and sticky. Maybe you got that heat on during the winter. Well, Miracle Brand at TryMiracle.com slash Fightful has self-cooling properties using silver-infused fabrics originally developed by NASA. They are thermoregulating and designed to keep you at the perfect temperature all night long, and they prevent 99.9% of bacterial growth, leaving them to stay cleaner, fresher, three times longer than other sheets. Help avoid those allergens and all those irritants that you can get when the bacteria builds up on your sheets. It's better for your skin. It's got luxurious comfort and quality. Since I started using Miracle brand self-cooling cooling brand sheets, I stay comfortable all night long. Go to trymiracle.com slash fightful. Use that code fightful to get your three free three piece towel set and save 40% off. TryMiracle.com slash Fightful. Eminem and Mariah could use those.
1: Yes, they could. Miracle.com slash Fightful. So the segment everybody's talking about.
0: It's TryMiracle.com slash Fightful.
1: TryMiracle.com slash Fightful. I got yelled at for that recently.
2: <laughs>
1: TryMiracle.com slash Fightful. Yes, there you go. William Regal is in the ring, and he's immediately, immediately oh interrupted God. by... Maxwell Jacob Friedman, who I thought gave a lifetime delivery. Now, what's fascinating here is how much of this stuff works, how much of it all worked. When you consider how many elements here had How much of the universe essentially had to come together for this to work, right? Because you had to, I mean, thinking about Regal being fired earlier this year to even end up in AEW, to even end up in a position for MJF to be able to tell this story that wouldn't have worked without Regal there. Thinking about the fact that MJF is supposed to be feuding with CM Punk right now, a CM Punk who has nothing to do with Blackpool Combat Club, a CM Punk who has no ties to William Regal. None of this would have been a thing at all. And yet, all of the perfect storm of elements all came together to make what I felt like was a Lifetime segment. Um, And not a segment you would air on Lifetime, but more specifically, a segment of MJF's Lifetime. He got to tell a story that, again, would have been irrelevant any other time. But having Regal there made this work. Now, I've talked to plenty of people who have actually heard this story before, uh, who, who knew of this situation and uh this very real email that maxwell jacob friedman holds on to
0: felt like he saved it for the right moment too
1: yeah because again when else would you have been able to use this you there's really no other time and that's what i loved about this segment um just that's what makes it feel real because of the fact that so many pieces had to have happened (laughs) for it to to feel that way and max told a very real story but Kept it in kayfabe enough, right? Because he tells the story of the tryout match, but doesn't tell it as a match like, oh, I'm performing. Told it as a match of, no, I went in there. Like, almost told it like in a fight club kind of way, right? Where like, okay, now you got to go prove yourself against this guy. Um, Still making it very pro wrestling. And uh, in the email that he got, or that Regal, you know, took him behind the scenes and uh, told him to sell himself and he did, but then found out he was 19 and told him to keep sending those emails. And then eventually the email that Regal sent back to MJF basically broke his heart, crushed his wrestling dreams. And he really turned the crowd against Regal
0: for a minute. Sure did. I didn't Uh, think Regal was going to be able to recover. I really didn't even know having watched Regal for however many years, I still just didn't think that he would be able to recover. I was like, how, how can you, how can you, I even thought like, as it happened, I'm like, why is he smiling? Like he's undermining this. Nope. He wasn't. No, he wasn't. He's it was just really so... good. <laughs> Regal was so good. He
1: didn't undermine it at all. If anything, he turned it on its head. He made it, you know, MJF was very sympathetic. He, he made you feel the way he felt. Yep. And then Regal was able to turn the whole thing around and make you feel like nah he's kind of being a little bitch because at the end of the day (sighs) I had it way worse and I lit a fire under this guy to turn him into who he is today who would he be without me having done any of this and I feel like as the crowd was initially against Regal they heard what he had to say and it felt like you all in that crowd came back around it was great great stuff I was hooked on every single word. I've watched it like 3 times now. I even as you maybe people saw on Twitter, I've isolated every single clip of MJF addressing Regal as Will and I will definitely be using those anytime I can get <laughs> um but it's great great stuff. This was just masterclass promo stuff.
0: It was it was brilliant. It was special and as it happened, I was like okay, I know the story. Where's it going? Where's it going? And there was just this roar over the crowd that, like, as MJF built it, it's just like everybody goes, yeah, yeah, yeah. And this is something, like, I had a conversation on screen with, I think, Dax and Cash when they were, like, shocked that they were getting maybe face reactions. And I was like, well, ultimately, especially this audience, your passion shines through. Mm -hmm. Like, and what is appreciated is how much you give to wrestling, how much you love wrestling. And no matter what, no matter how many times MJF goes out there and says, I'm using this as a stepping stone. I'm, I'm just sucking the life out of pro wrestling and and just leaving it with nothing. Deep down, we know better. Because people don't get into it at 17, 18, 19 with that plan usually. Um, and they they're not willing to go through the things that he went through in order to get there. And this is one of those things that he went through. Now, I mean, he can use that and, and play off of that, too. I thought I was going to have it made. That's why I was motivated. I thought I was about to get millions of dollars at 19, and I'd be done with this shit by now. Like, he could say that. But, man, I've I've loved this little alteration. Now, hey, maybe at full gear, all this dissension with Stokely and stuff, it's all, it's all a super work. And they're all hee-heeing and ha ha which... I feel like it could happen, but I'm, I'm here for the ride because on any given week, I don't know what MJF is going to say. I just know it's going to be really, really good. I just know it's going to be incredible. I agree.
1: Just the part I wasn't expecting was for somebody to check MJF and to give MJF a reason to change his ways a little bit, because the way this all ended, of course, was with, regal telling MJF that you know he's got this chip he could cash it in at any time but why would you want to do that um because right now you've gotten where you've gotten taking shortcuts this whole time yeah uh, and um now granted regal bent some history a little bit uh because we all know that regal was a dirty cheater in his heel days but Sometimes in pro wrestling you have to ignore that stuff to tell this story. That's okay. Now I thought that just everything about this worked for me and I couldn't wait to see how it
0: all played out and ended. Just exciting stuff.
2: Yeah.
1: And it,
0: um this was this was special like in the arena as it happened cuz you know there's some stuff that i don't necessarily like being said in wrestling like even mjf doesn't like the word promo he said that before and however this is one of those things you're always promoting and especially if you're trying to get a job why wouldn't you send a promo they want to see how you can talk so to speak so i didn't really think that undermined the, the reality of of the story or anything like that but as as they went there i was like okay where's that going Where's that going? How will they make this work? And then midway through, it's just like, this is special. Regal didn't move at all during this. He stood there as MJF did that. And and when you do that, you see how frustrated MJF is. You see the emotion on him. Because he's trying to keep himself from beating the shit out of William Regal as well. Because that's what he would like to do. And one of my favorite lines was like, you take all these shortcuts. I didn't. And everybody immediately goes, bro, you used brass knuckles. And he goes, I didn't need to do that. I just like doing it. (laughs) I love that. (laughs) I love that. That was just brilliant. He's like, I just wanted to hurt people because I was good at it. That was such a
1: perfect And the line about keeping it in the ring, the idea that uh, when you step in this ring, everything's fair game. And you do what you need to, but don't attack poor Tony Schiavone at the top of the stage. What are you doing here?
0: Love it. It It was brilliant. It was special. It was, it was such a good promo that when what happened at the end of the show happened, I wondered if they were like, if it was planned and they were saving time for him to cash in at the end of the night. Like that's how good this promo was. It made no sense to do it. Okay. Well, I'll talk more about that later. But mm-hmm. it was that good that it left me in question for the rest of the night. So then uh, we had Brian
1: sitting down with Renee. It was Brian and Yuda, And Yuda expresses his disappointment in the fact that Brian is so attached to Daniel Garcia that he's neglected the rest of the Blackpool Combat Club. Which we've all noticed over the last few months that Blackpool Combat Club stuff hasn't really involved a lot of Brian Danielson. He's been really focused on Daniel Garcia. And finally, Yuda is just like, you know, Mox is dedicated to this. Uh, and uh, Claudio is Claudio sees the same thing I do. You know, I've been bleeding for this. But you couldn't even see through a very obvious Daniel Garcia who was playing you uh, alongside Chris Jericho. Um, ooh, I didn't know that's where this was going. I was yeah. uh, now I'm interested.
0: Yeah, I thought it was a, a really nice twist to put on that. And uh bummed I didn't get to see Brian Danielson in the arena, but you know what? I got to see him the week before, so I can't complain too much. But um Danielson is so good at at this cause it's so funny because how how many guys have we seen that got the oh they're the they're the little white indie short guy and people act like they don't have any personality, and then we see, oh wait, Brian Danielson Seth Rollins, like all these people are full of personality and ones that translate well to pro wrestling. I think Yuta is eventually going to develop that. Like he's being thrown into the fire with guys like Jericho, MJF, Danielson. Like we're talking like WrestleMania, main event level caliber wrestlers and entertainers. And they're like, here you go, buddy. Here's your floaties. Hope you can swim in this ocean. (laughs) and, he and, he
1: and and you know, the funny thing again, I think about how everything has worked out this year, circumstantially, because mm-hmm. earlier this year, for those who may have forgotten, Mox wasn't supposed to face Wheeler Yuta. He was supposed yes. to face Brian Kendrick. That wasn't supposed yep. to happen, but because it happened, it ended up setting up the story that we ended up getting Wheeler Yuta in the Black Bull combat club, um, who would have guessed that canceling Brian Kendrick led to the the Black Bull Combat Club where it is today. But again, the circumstances ended up working out a lot better than
0: anybody could have guessed. Led led to my favorite tweet of the year, too. Sabu just going, oh, shit. (laughs) (laughs) He goes, lol, what'd you say? And then somebody posted it, and he goes, oh, shit. (laughs) If you can get that guy, (laughs) imagine what you have to do to elicit that reaction from that guy. (laughs) From
1: Sabu of all people. Uh, we, we then got Ring of Honor title on the line, Dalton Castle versus Chris Jericho. Again, you mentioned concerns about Dalton Castle in front of this crowd.
0: Yeah. Concerns unfounded, apparently, because he was very, very over. And, and when he first came out, there was like among some people like the never seen him, who is he type of thing. Mm-hmm. Then he start. He literally spreads his wings, and everybody goes, "Oh, I got it, I get it now." <laughs> he walks up the boys, and uh, the boys actually had a pretty good ovation early too, because there are plenty of people that were there that also know their OVW regulars, which mm-hmm. is fairly local as well. And they, you know, they could have just relied on being the boys forever, and they have continued to ply their trade as as the Tate Twins, but. This match was such a sports entertainment match, which I think is a great approach for Jericho with the ROH world title because that's everything that title isn't. Uh, I don't know where it's going ultimately. My dream is still Gresham. Like I'd love Gresham to come back when they get TV and him to be the guy and Jericho to be like, "You're, you're literally everything that we make fun of. You're little, you don't have any personality, you don't have any of that and he has bastardized this ROH title so much that that's what brings Gresham back. The guy who has walked out on an ROH deal because he didn't feel like ROH was being treated the way that it should be and planned it's a good the whole life should. story. The guy that passed on WWE and Impact interest to wait and see what would happen with ROH. There is a story there. There there is something that you can tell with a camera and with him talking. And he's like, listen, I know a lot of people don't see the way that I think. I know a lot of people don't understand it, but this is the only thing that matters to me. I think that could be really, really good down the line if they want to say, hey, please come back. We think you can do something. I constantly say he should be like this generation's Taz, that guy that's built like a fire hydrant. And you look at him and go, what's he going to do? But you can't do anything to him. Because he's so good, Taz would just suplex you over your head or over his head. Gresham can tie you in knots. That's my my dream for this, but um, I don't know. I don't know if we'll get that lucky, and Gresham will come back.
1: Yeah, I I very much have doubts.
0: I will say, by the way, during this match, too. we got
1: the big announcement um, that, as Sean knows, I have been trying to hunt down yes. for months because wow. I knew it was happening. But it was a matter of, could I pinpoint a date and location? The funny thing was, I actually guessed it. Uh, Like, earlier in the day, I was just just talking with a friend. And um, I I have been trying to hunt down, where is this next Ring of Honor show? Knew a next one was happening. I knew that they had a final one coming up this year. Tony Khan um, had also, when speaking to Sports Illustrated, he had noted that there was going to be one more Ring of Honor show this year. uh, And then that will lead into TV. So, I just... I was like, I got to find out when it's happening. And my guess was, I said, it's got to be someplace in Texas because pretty much all AEW is spending most of uh, December in Texas. It wouldn't make sense to go anywhere else when they've got Austin coming up. Then after Austin, they're in Dallas. After Dallas, they're in uh, San Antonio. Wouldn't make sense to do anything outside of Texas. I was like, it's got to be Texas. I would guess probably like, the 10th right before the Dallas show would be what I was thinking. And I said that earlier in the day, I swear to you, if I were one of those BS reporters who just tweeted out guesses, I probably, this, this would have been the one to make me right. Uh, But one less of one of those dorks around these days. (laughs) (laughs) But Hey, uh, because that's the thing is like, sometimes a successful guess has led to, Um, somebody being a, uh, do it all the time, had been
0: (laughs) having been a solid reporter all of a sudden, because they got a good guess out. Listen, sometimes you got to have the right bait on your line and you can get a fish. I have guessed several things and people are like, how do you know that? Then they give me the whole story. Oh yeah. So that's the
1: thing. You never do it with a report. You never do it. No, 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 no. But no, but I have definitely done the same thing of I have gotten a scoop out of somebody this year won't say how but I literally just guessed it and with them having heard the guess they were like I I just said it like I knew I was like oh yeah because this is this happened I figured one of two things was going to happen they would either reply with no that's not correct this is the correct thing or they'd say yeah of course that's
0: right and I was like oh cool I got it I mean and so I mean, and also if people that are watching this, never be above being corrected. I mean, I had somebody hit me up from AEW, they go swing and a miss on the Athena and Jody take. And I said, tell me what happened then. And then we had that fightful select report on what did happen. And they were both talked to after the match. And I was like, Well, shit. I just I've watched a hundred Jody threat matches. I just figured that's the way that they usually went. They're mm-hmm. like, Well, she was okay with it because she's tough as hell, but it wasn't supposed to go down like that. But we we got somebody saying that there's a while back that I dropped another Easter egg on a reply tweet. Has that thing happened yet? He does this so much. Who knows
2: what he's even talking about.
0: Honestly, I'm so full of shit about some of that stuff that I don't know. I thought about starting super follows just to do vague GIF tweets. (laughs) (laughs) People can pay me two bucks a month and I'll vaguely... Because I did that with the Billy Gunn thing on my Twitter <laughs> circles too, because yeah. he wasn't going to be there, but I knew they had tried.
1: Yep. And, uh, well, the funny thing was you did that with Soraya and it ended up being
0: correct. I know. And so I knew that they had contacted her, but I didn't know they were signing her and I didn't know they were debuting that night. I knew they had interest in her, I knew they talked with her, but there was one person very high up in AEW that's like, well, that tried to, they they lied to me. They're like, well, we think she's just going to go back to WWE. And I was like, mm-hmm. that's a very WWE thing to say to like, because they, you know, they fed some AEW news to people before, but mm-hmm. I was like, come on. But I was like, well, I might as well run this. But I didn't know she was debuting that night. I even said that afterwards. People were like, you're posting spoilers. And I was like, I didn't know. Like, I'll <laughs> be transparent about it. I had no clue she was debuting at Grand Slam. Hey, and, hey a successful guess, but hey, I, sometimes it shit works. So I did do that in the replies to Robert O'Neill multiple times. I broke the CM Punk return story in the replies to Robert O'Neill because he posted a picture of Punk at the airport, and I said, well, I guess that settles it. I'm reporting that he's coming back. <laughs> and then I did that with Balor turning and joining the Judgment Day, like... It's just a good rib. But now I've got to mix in some fake scoops in Robert O'Neill's replies, too, because otherwise people are just going to stalk out when I tweet him. Yeah. Uh, so
1: Dalton Castle's Dalton over. Dalton Castle. Dalton <laughs> Castle's over. Um, and uh, I, I loved using the boys as weapons. Um, I also, like, I thought Jake Hager played his role here well. Yes. And, uh chris jericho ultimately wins with the judas effect retains the title um he then gave a not so great tombstone pile driver i mean i don't know how great it was ever going to be on the stage on the belt to one jerry lynn uh let me tell you did
0: you see them helping him up live uh -uh. Or, or ah. So when it's kayfabe, it's got to be a rib that their medical personnel is inept. It's got to be like you know them putting the mask they put on. The mask on. Him. They put him in a neck brace, then they stood him right up. They <laughs> they just had him walk away. They put a full <laughs> neck brace on him. And they're like, "Here, kid. Oh, it was amazing. We were all dying over that. I truly
1: want to know." where this is going because like obviously jerry lynn former always champion uh but jerry lynn not stepping in a ring i don't think
0: there you go i i think it's it's just jericho's way of like not can't wrestle champion, he, right like remember when sid went on the undefeated streak and he just started to count every power bomb as a win yeah like for jericho <laughs> that's a win too yeah like if he if he could Find Jamie Noble backstage at a WWE show. He's gonna put him in like the Walls of Jericho or something, just because he held the ROH World Title. Yes. Like, great run, by the way. If you've never seen James Gibson, yes. ROH World Champion, great stuff. It was, it was, it was great stuff. But like, you look at it. Well, they're not bringing in Austin Aries. That much I know. Yeah. Um, could they get low key? Could Could they get one night out of low key of him? we well, like, talked not, about
1: it. I don't know. I mean, not dressing there's... like
0: Hitman or something. <laughs>
1: uh there's a lot of guys that i would still want to see i don't know what they can get out of nigel but i feel like there's probably something you can pull out of that as well should be interesting uh jake hager with the hat popped me into oblivion comes from king of the north i agree yeah this is great stuff but the main event the thing that everybody came out of the show talking about but a lot of people had forgotten about the match by this point it was the world title on the line. Oh, and they asked me in the chat to talk about. Okay. Yes. I'll note there was a Jade Cargill segment uh where she caught up with the baddies. Uh the baddies. In a Reds find- jersey. In a Reds jersey. Um, yeah, so I did hear something. Uh, and I've been meaning to ask, so I've still got some asking to do, but I did hear that there were intentions of doing something with jade in the live crowd and that uh they weren't able to with all everything that had happened with the the ending of the show um that's a bummer yeah but that they wanted to do something post-show to kind of give her a little bit of a i guess hometown-ish reception
0: yeah i mean it's it's funny because like So Brandon Phillips, I don't know if they're together or whatever. doesn't matter to me. But father of of her child, Mm -hmm. he was longtime Cincinnati Reds player. He Mm -hmm. bought the team in Lexington here, too. So occasionally she'll be down and like she'll have like a Lexington Legends jacket on stuff like that. So, I mean, like she hits both of my hometowns, both of both of the places that I claim. (laughs) So I was I was ecstatic to see that. I absolutely love it because for a long time we didn't have anybody out here to root for all due respect jillian hall uh but there was nobody from like kentucky cincinnati area you can kind of pull for in that regard and now uh jade's kind of claimed both places and, and i really dig that yeah and uh, uh she, i loved her
1: tone in this whole segment she told the baddies as they were like we can't find nyland she's like that's because she's not here and uh mm-hmm. and if you guys were any had any smarts at all you would have known that and then she's threatening to hijack this week's rampage live from daily's place which i have to say for being a live rampage that is a rough card i can't believe you're selling tickets to that show on its own what are you doing um i'm hoping that the dark situation is a whole lot better because look when i look at this uh uh, let me just pull up the graphic really quick. I'm pulling up the graphic. This is AEW Rampage, the poster. Rampage, live in Jacksonville. This poster has the acclaimed who are in an advertised match. It also has Orange Cassidy, not advertised match. Uh, it also has Claudio, not advertised. Uh, it has Brian Danielson. You know he's not wrestling there. MJF, not advertised for anything. Moxley, not advertised for anything. Jericho, Tony Storm, Swerve in Our Glory, and Jade Cargill, who is at least advertised for this show. What happened here? What is this? Well, uh, especially considering Buddy, red,
0: red flags went off when you were telling me, you're like, hey, you realize all these rampages are live in like October or something. And I'm like, well, they must have big plans. Mm-hmm. They must have something in store for this. They must be ready. Because I remember it was one year ago, it was before Revolution. Well, I went to the rampage before Revolution and I was like, I left that show in Minneapolis and I was like, this conditioned me to never want to go to a rampage before pay per view again. Oh, yeah. Like, ever.
1: Um, and this one, th- this is an interesting opportunity. Like I said, I'm hoping that at least they do something for the crowd for Dark because because ran- Daily's Place is obviously um, a very important venue to AEW and AEW's history. However, Daily's Place is also. Uh, they haven't run Daly's Place since before Revolution. And so a lot of these guys are new to the company. You've never had Claudio at Daly's Place. You've never had Swerve at Daly's Place. Uh, Tony Storm, a lot of people haven't worked Daly's Place. So this, I thought, being the return to Daly's Place after... Like, this is the longest stretch AEW's ever gone without going to Daly's Place in their entire existence. I figured, hey, this is a good opportunity to showcase to the Daly's Place crowd um, that a lot of new talent is here and to your Jacksonville kind of your home crowd now they'll get to see all of this new talent what is this show this isn't anything of the sort and I just find that really interesting that I thought and tickets have actually sold pretty decently um for Daily's
0: Place anyway it's gonna look good on camera it's gonna look as
1: good as Daily's Place usually
0: does I but, love Daly's Place. It was one of those venues I had to take in a wrestling show at, like, at least once in my life. And fortunately, I happened to be approved for Double or Nothing last year, which is, like, if you're going to watch one show, it'd be a pay-per-view mm-hmm. there. But, whew, damn. Yeah. I've seen two started. shows there. I've seen Double or Nothing, and I was at The House
1: Always Wins as well. Uh, so, it's a, it's a great venue, but, again, just not a great line up for that show and i think that's kind of unfortunate that like i said un- unless they do something for dark like really do a beefed up dark uh eric brady says i love when i tune into dad and see the crown jewel of fightful here the biggest superstar in wrestling podcasts and also Sean what a great duo my god um thank you eric <laughs> i
0: appreciate the super chat How, what do you think of tony doing like the meet and greet though uh like he did it I think he's doing it like maybe within the next 20 30 minutes like in Jacksonville. Yeah. So, so it's not meet- going it's not going to be like a draw for the show. But Oh yeah it is cuz that you got to have the Rampage ticket to so get th- that th- meet and greet.
1: That's the new uh tactic for moving tickets now and it's a good tactic by the way of doing a it free is. meet and greet if you have a ticket and so they did moxley in cincinnati free meet and greet that ended up boosting ticket sales like 500 tickets uh and they're doing this week they've got orange cassidy you can come meet orange cassidy but you have to have a ticket that's That's for baltimore and then they're also doing a meet and greet this i think it's in norfolk uh to meet wardlow free ticket or free meet and greet as long as you have a ticket and so um those should hopefully move some tickets uh, so the main event the Main event was Hangman Adam Page Who actually rushes John Moxley before the match even gets started They get to fighting in the crowd So that way we can get the big spot from Hangman um, Jumping off the, the exit Over onto Moxley Great stuff uh, I thought They were having a great Dynamite main event uh, Up until The match ended the way it had to end They had cut to MJF a couple of times in the box. And then they cut to it one last time after the last commercial break, and MJF wasn't there. He was gone. Probably, probably a good mean? thing, all things considered, that he had got <laughs> the hell out of that box. But um, so this leads me to thinking that your theory about the ending it was correct because the fact that they showed him not in the box and said, wait, where did MJF go? And had commentary actually saying, what? what MJF, he left the Skybox. Where is he headed? And so that leads me to thinking that they probably were going to do something with the cash-in post-show, mm-hmm. um, or at least post-match, uh, telling the audience that MJF has already left and is headed somewhere.
0: Um, but and, course, and you know what? If you want to get like massive heat, and I think probably the right kind of heat, MJF winning in an abrupt match in Cincinnati <laughs> over Moxley— but, I mean, you want to talk about a roller coaster. You had him over massively earlier in that show. And even, well, I, even I, think, I think they
1: would have at least teased it. I think, yeah. like, my, my so well, let's talk about what happened first. So, uh, of course, Hangman, Adam Page, um, took a lariat from John Moxley. Um, it's not only a lariat that we've seen Hangman take a million times. We've seen in this show, we had seen uh, Trent take a very similar lariat. And uh it was so <clears throat> not it, it, it was so common that commentary didn't even pick up that anything had necessarily gone wrong until Doc Sampson was in. Commentary we did, was we just, didn't either. And it, live. We live, we didn't know anything was wrong until they called the match. Right. Period. Um, You could hear it in Taz's voice, like as he starts to know, he's like, Oh, Doc Sampson's in the ring. But like they're showing replays Mm -hmm. of it, like they, we just thought we were seeing any other spot in a match. And uh, shout out to referee Paul Turner, who immediately checked on Hangman, immediately didn't get a response, and immediately calls over Doc Sampson, who uh, determines they need to call off the match. And Hangman is stretchered out. They remove the bottom rope, um, and you can clearly see the show in a little bit of disarray for about five minutes. There's uh, Taz can't even focus. Taz, they're trying to do the card rundown, and Taz just keeps acknowledging. He's like, you know, I, I can't do this because you know there's a man hurt in the ring. And he's like, I, and Taz starts telling the story. He's like, look, I've been injured in the ring. I know how this happens. I know how this goes and uh this is something you never want to see um this this was at the time like i've gone back and watched it now but at the time this was scary watching on tv i can't imagine in the arena
0: it was very scary in the arena and also you wondered like is this real is it a work is like what's going on when they're bringing out the stretcher, you're like, oh, okay. But also, you, you're like, well, they would have done something more drastic than that if they were going to do, like, a work. But then when they started to loosen the bottom rope, that's when everybody kind of realized, oh, this is legit. Yeah. And it got progressively more awkward, and it didn't feel like there was going to be much of a finish. When Moxley's dropping F-bombs on the the mic, did that make air? Uh, and They were censoring all of it. Okay. Um, but... So that's when you also realize, Oh, this guy's on the fly. Cause on the fly, he just, he curses a lot, yeah. but, Oh man. Um, it's unfortunate and it sucks because that was headed. It was headed for an all timer dynamite. I thought mm-hmm. I love the way that hangman embraced being the heel and he cut off the entrance. Ooh, that was, that was so yeah. smart and fighting throughout the crowd and all that. It was so good. And, I mean, this is uh, assuming Hangman is going to be okay. That man is going to be even more over than he was before when he comes back because yes. this is the true version of his body gave out on him. He didn't give out on his body type of thing. It's it sucks and it's unfortunate because Hangman is one of the like nicest, funniest dudes in wrestling, and you hate to see it. But man, it was headed for something special. I thought, and it just sucks, man.
1: It really sucks. It really sucks. Uh,
0: uh-huh. I love Shanika noting
1: that um, we caught it in Lithuania. I assume that uh, she's got herself a nice little VPN there. Um, but the... So, uh, you know, I'm going to make a recommendation. If you guys haven't checked out uh, Brian Sutterer, MD's YouTube channel, mm-hmm. um, he is, uh, of course, uh, he does a lot of YouTube videos analyzing sports injuries. And he, it was requested of him to analyze um this injury he does a really good job breaking down kind of exactly what happened and exactly why certain procedures were done in the process um and analyzing what just looking at it he knows what uh, he believes what the injury actually is uh it's a very very good watch it's only about eight minutes long but if you've ever seen his stuff um he does a really good job breaking down sports injuries he did one on biggie um and it's a really good breakdown uh, i definitely recommend watching that uh so it actually gave me a really great understanding of where he believes the injury occurred Uh, because he talked about, you know, he believes it could have happened on the clothesline, but he really believed that watching it in slow motion, he's like, I believe it happened on the landing uh, specifically. And he was like, you could see the way his body stiffens that, um, that's usually a sign of a concussion. Um, But he, but then he points out and he's like, but then you can see when his body loosens um, almost like five seconds later, he was like, you can see that that's when hangman regains consciousness. And like little things like that were things, but like, I didn't know at all. Uh, my wife, my wife is, is you know, she works in the medical field. She's pointing out a lot of things to me, but um, having it broken down and explained to me, great stuff.
0: Yeah. I mean, I hate that that's, you know, how my fo- wrestling got focused on those videos because he did great, but I've had, I know I've had two really bad concussions, but I've never been knocked out like that period. I've never been knocked out full stop. So to, then that's the first time I've seen anybody outside of a UFC situation, MMA situation get knocked out um but when i watched back that that footage it was clear to me like it wasn't selling it wasn't anything like that unfortunately i was also there three weeks ago for the the tua situation in the Bengals game which mm-hmm. was really really horrifying so i've watched these i forgot these, you were there for that yeah. yeah i was there for that so um i've seen these two very horrifying stretchered out situations over the over the course of a few weeks in cincinnati both up less than a half a mile from one another, like right, right there. So Sean, you got to stay your ass at home. I know. I know. Like, listen, I'm, I'm going to show up wherever Denise is at though. (laughs) I'm going to show up wherever Denise is at. That way. Somebody gives her those hands. You know what I mean? (laughs) Like that's, what's going to happen. But, um, the, I heard immediately afterwards and I tried to post updates as I could as I was driving back, but that hangman was at the hospital. It was a concussion stable responsive heard that he didn't really remember much from that but
1: yeah the king of the north says knowing hangman is okay makes it an all-timer imo um you know that's a fair way to see it uh what really got interesting though was after the match was over uh again they stall for a few minutes they basically run back the video package a little bit slower, the one they had run earlier where Excalibur was speed reading through it. And this time they're like, actually, you're going to slow it down and talk about everything coming up next week. And then after that was over, we cut back to Moxley in the ring. Moxley addresses Hangman a little bit, uh, but then calls out MJF. MJF makes his way to the ring with the chip. Regal looks at MJF saying, what are you doing? This is what you're going to do. You're going to take another shortcut And MJF initially motions like he's going to, but then runs back up the ramp, grabs the microphone and reveals, no, he's going to do it on his own. And he's going to do it when Mox is 100%, not after he just had a match. He's going to do it at full gear. And we got our match announcement, full gear, Moxley versus MJF for the world title main event.
0: Yep. And I wonder if that was supposed to be announced last night.
1: I, I think it was. Okay. Um. Like my my thoughts on it because I I had asked everybody I could about how much of that was improv and some said that there was supposed to be something with MJF but not as much as we saw. Um, yeah. And that it was, I, I my theory and again conjecture, folks. Uh. <laughs> my theory here. It's gonna pop
0: is up that... on Reddit that Will Washington said,
1: <laughs> I believe I think what was supposed to happen was that. Mox was probably going to be a little more incapacitated from the match. Mm -hmm. MJF makes his way down like he's going to cash in. Regal looks at him with that look of, what are you doing? MJF then decides, no, Mox, I'm not going to beat you here when you're not 100%? Because Moxley was bloody, right? Like I think yes. it would have been a, I'm not going to do it when you're not 100%. I'm going to do this at full gear. Throw the mic down. Show ends. Instead, said all of what I think he was supposed to say, but then Moxley is like still standing, so Moxley has to be <laughs> the one to then be like, absolutely. Okay, well, now I'm going to beat you. And then we end on the music. Um, but again, I thought Regal was still great here. I thought that they... Played it off well. Moxley did everything he was supposed to. I was worried about one line Mox said, but luckily, because Hangman was okay, um, the line ended up not coming back to bite them. But when he said, um, he said, as you can see, stepping in the ring with me is dangerous. And I was like, ooh, I hope that line doesn't come back to bite them in any way. But now yeah. it's just a, it's a fine line. It's it's fine because it works. Because Hangman uh, ended up with, and I'm not saying just a concussion in the way where you all tore down Meltzer because he uh, said just a concussion. People people were
0: asking me if he was paralyzed. Right. So like people are being obtuse when they do that. And there's fewer things that I dislike more on Twitter than that bad faith stuff. Like, come on, man. Come on, man. Y'all know what he meant. You all know that Meltzer wasn't like, oh, my God, it's great. He got a concussion. Compared to him being paralyzed, guys. Yeah, and that was what I was
1: thinking, too. I was so worried, and like you could see, and now I understand, uh, having watched that video. Again, I fully recommend watching that video because you get a full understanding of why they were kind of treating the neck with such care because you don't know in that instance. Um, and They weren't standing him up like Jerry Lynn, that's for damn sure. (laughs) uh tony p says great show sad to see what happened to hangman but glad it isn't worse also when are we going to get a dad team of will and luke um you know i haven't asked him yet but i feel like i should next week by the way we've got stephanie chase here on the show uh so nice i love stephanie
2: chase she's great
1: Love stephanie yeah she's great and she hasn't done the show yet so uh as People have affectionately dubbed a day after dynamite, the forbidden door of Fightful. Um, <laughs> although you've had Stephanie chase on before. Yeah. But I love way, Stephanie. Yeah. So either way, this show
0: just continues to be,
1: it's a revolving door of people. Yeah.
0: I'll say this. If it were Jaguars, if it were, if it were dolphins management that owned AEW instead of the Jaguars, uh, hangman would be wrestling Friday and <laughs> <laughs> on rampage. Oh, my God. Oh, you know what? I totally forgot it. You know, talking
1: to Denise earlier, I just totally spaced. Of course, I know why I spaced it. Because I'm you were talking to, to Denise. You no, I was going to think say, about who, cares at... who cares at this stage? But we were going to make a wager. Now I would feel like an idiot making said wager. But the Broncos play the
0: Jets this weekend. Do it. I... <laughs> I picked... Listen, I picked up Russell Wilson off the scrap heap. A couple weeks ago, I never thought I'd see the day. What happened with him and Geno Smith playing Freaky Friday together and just switching bodies this year? What happened?
1: Uh, I know. I I need them to like jolt each other again to to make that happen. But yes, uh, the Jets will be playing the Broncos. We'll probably on uh, this Sunday probably be wearing our gear. We'll make some sort of wager. I can't bet anything significant on the Broncos at this stage, folks. I just can't. It's not going to happen because look at this team i see the memes i know how this goes broncos country let's ride the rides ablaze
0: listen it's there there is one bronco that i i just want to say is performing exceptionally well uh, and deserves recognition
2: i know don't, don't you dare say your ford bronco and that is the
0: ford bronco badlands <laughs> that i just
2: bought <laughs> <laughs> that i just bought
0: personally i listen listen i picked up uh the infamous big titty taryn as she's known on twitter and uh alexis littlefoot after the show i was like come on i'll drive you all to go get go get tacos you all gotta experience this the one bronco that is performing well better than russell wilson at least it got from a to b which is more than what he's doing yeah yeah
1: that's for sure. Hey, the real Giannis says, uh, "Is there an update on Hangman? Someone has really done some bad juju on AEW. They need to utilize long-term storytelling better, but the product is
0: good. Good, yes. Good. Ran out of characters. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, he's he's doing good, relatively speaking. He had a panini for lunch yesterday. That's, yeah, that's his update, that's and his I update. love his updates. Like, yeah."
2: he is I'm the best he's...
0: on social media in the midst of anything halfway controversial right i'm i mean like i i think about the fact that i again
1: i go back to the fact that paul turner was there um to know what was up like i think about remember cena versus edge 2006 and edge tells the story all the time where um cena had Uh, When he ties Edge up in the ladder and applies the STF, he had it kind of locked on a little too strong. Edge completely passes out and actually loses consciousness. And there's no ref. It's a ladder match. There's no ref in the ring. There's nobody to check on that. Uh, But Edge was legitimately out for the match. And he said he didn't come to until Cena is using the ladder about to hit him in the face with it. And that's like his moment of, oh, shit, I'm in the ring. Uh, and I'm back to it. So it's one of those things where, like, we've seen people out cold in the ring, yeah, and had uh, no idea. But, like, uh, you know, Chris Nowinski even commended um, Paul Turner and
0: uh, Doc Sampson on how quickly
1: they acted there. So,
0: that also, was great as, as uh, King of the North said, hangman telling Jeff Jones to put some kind of inspirational quote in his tweet in the reply <laughs> it was really yes. great. It was really great.
1: I love it. It was great stuff. Uh, So this is the point in the show where I normally reveal ratings. Um, I'm still going to do that, but I recognize that you all know this at this point because it's been a day. Uh, We do know that AEW, of course, was head-to-head with NXT. NXT had a loaded show um, to the point of where I believe the only two matches that didn't contain main roster talent uh were just the squashes. But other than that, the whole show was loaded top to bottom from uh, with talent from Raw and SmackDown, including a very funny segment with Kevin Owens, uh, God, the KO so show. Good. good stuff. Um that was pretty
0: much all I saw from NXT. But but I mean we... to God, the OC, uh Nakamura, Austin Theory, Kevin Owens, Rhea Ripley, Raquel, like they had They had a more loaded shows than a lot of the shows that I've seen of late. And WWE's put on some decent shows of late. Yeah, for sure. And this
1: was... uh, So, Dynamite, out of its time slot, up against NXT, up against basketball, all things considered. It did 752,000 viewers, um, which, (sighs) using the stat of up against the last time they were preempted last time their dynamite was preempted it did like 520 i want to say or like 550 um and the time before that they were preempted they did 720 so it i'd say it's about in line with what a dynamite preemption looks like um it that was enough to come in let's see that was enough for a 0.26 rating in 18 to 49 it was there was a ton of competition on um, that brought dynamite in at number eight, still broke the top 10, but uh, it was number eight overall. Um, and I guess in head to head numbers, it did beat NXT. Um, uh, that's Tuesday night dynamite. Show made Riho an offer. <laughs> uh, and and you know, the the other funny thing too is I, I'm curious what it looks like next week because the one thing that has notoriously halted AEW's momentum when they've had it has been preemptions um last year when they had that big summer or uh early fall run with brian coming in they were doing those like million shows pretty much from like july through september and then they got preempted for two straight weeks and when they came back they weren't able to hit a million the rest of the year and so I feel like there's nothing that halts the momentum, especially with new viewers who are getting into habit watching then a preemption. Hopefully being on a Tuesday helped a little bit more than being knocked all the way to Saturday. We'll see. Hopefully this is the only preemption. Uh, It's being asked in the chat, is this the only one? That all depends on how many games the World Series goes. If it goes to seven, no, it's not the only preemption. Um, If it
0: is a shorter series, yes. If I were them, I'd say, don't preempt us. Just put us on after the game. Uh, After the world. Put us on at 11 p.m. if it's after the World Series game. But um, uh, if I were Tony, I'd be booking Riho versus Mercedes Martinez in December. So Riho can smoke that HBK pack as well. (laughs) People people just won't go to whatever NXT's doing. They'll be like, nope, can't do it. We're going to Texas. Also, I want to say this. uh, Shout out to them running Texas in December instead of like Massachusetts or something. It was so annoying last year. They're like, November, let's do Minneapolis. No, do like LA and Texas and warm cities. That way when people come, it's easier for them. I, I don't know why more places don't do that. Run run some of the warmer cities during the winter and make it make it easier for all of us. Yes.
1: Now, uh, if you haven't seen the details, FightfulSelect.com on what Sean is exactly talking about here, but it's going to be a busy Saturday on December 10th as far as wrestling's concerned. I think somebody in, uh, in the scheduling department in AEW probably knew this because 3 p.m. start time for Ring of Honor seemed a little bit odd at the time. Now it kind of makes sense. Makes sense.
0: Makes sense. Somebody Um, knew when they were... Somebody, yeah. Somebody knew, and probably wise of them. If I were them, I'd be like, you know what? Let's A, give them a dose of their own medicine. B, let's capitalize off that. I'm cool with these shows piggybacking each other. A lot of people were like, oh, well, did you have a problem with Clash and NXT? And I was like, well, not really, because... None of them aired directly against AEW, especially Clash being on a different continent on a different day. I didn't mind that. NXT clearly was piggybacking off of people excited for All Out. I was fine with that, and I'm fine with ROH doing the same, uh, knowing that NXT is going to be that night. And they got the announcement out first. Yes. Uh, Yes. That was one I
1: wasn't expecting. But, hey, folks, check us out. Plenty more going here on Fightful uh let's see what do we got coming up tonight we've got uh impact impact
0: Cora jade interview tomorrow
1: Cora jade interview drops tomorrow that's now
0: it's it's up now for tier two members of fightful select i'll have some early notes as well uh monday dropping an interview with the former lana cj perry she's gonna be on the surreal life which is like the only reality show i've watched in the last like 20 years besides Tough Enough or Flavor, something like that. Flavor, I loved it. <laughs> I loved the surreal life. I, I saw Maven almost beat up a transphobe on there once. But my favorite surreal life moment, Tammy Faye Baker discovering why Vanilla Ice was famous because she didn't <laughs> know. Her hearing Ice Ice Baby for the first time is a great television moment. It's yes. great.
1: Yeah, I can't believe it's back. This is going to be great stuff. Um, and of course, check me out, City, this Saturday, noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific, Righteous Reg, Philip Lindsay. We're going to be doing some fun stuff. I'm trying to think. No, this Halloween Havoc
0: post show Saturday, too. Yeah, Halloween Havoc.
1: Saturday. Lots of
0: stuff
2: going on.
1: Sean's in a fighting mood today. I am. Spoiling Thank for you. a fight. Thank you for joining me. Yeah, like it's Survivor Series 2008. Thank you for joining me, Sean, for this edition of day after day after dynamite thanks for having me we will see you next time have a great day peace
0: what's so special about hero bread soft fluffy and delicious breads buns and tortillas these ultra low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar fewer calories and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health shop now at hero.co